What's up, y'all, and welcome to another episode of Worldly Church Girl. It's your girl, your host, Lillian Harshaw. On today's show, I have a life coach, an author, and a Christian blogger who's over the past nine years is speaking to young women about the benefits of waiting until marriage. It gives me great honor to introduce to you Miss Russellin Williams. You are a Christian life coach, an author, a blogger. Over the past nine years, you have been speaking to young people and women about the benefits of saving themselves until marriage. And I'm only scratching the surface, to be honest, of all the things that you're doing right now. But mm-hmm. I want to ask, um, did you grow up in church? No, technically I did not grow up in church, uh, but I grew up affiliated with the church. So my parents, they made us watch church on television every Sunday, as well as listen to it on the radio. Uh, so church was all around me. My parents read the Bible with us when we were kids. My mom used to give us candy for answering Bible questions. So I always grew up affiliated with the church, but I did not start going to church consistently until the age of 17 years old. Really? Which church did you go to, if you don't mind me asking? Andre Ministries in the south suburbs of the Chicagoland area. Okay. Also, you, you were born and raised in Chicago. Well, no, I was born in uh, Phoenix, Arizona. Uh, when I was five years old, my parents moved me back up to Chicago because my dad is from Chicago. My mom is from Arizona. Okay. Now, the first experience being in the quote unquote in the church house, what was that like? It was interesting. Uh, I'm thankful that I had a relationship with God before I started going to church because I had that intimacy with God to be able to see some of the characteristics of God instead of getting confused by uh, expecting God's character to be like some of his people. You know, I think sometimes when we go to church and because we're in the church, we're expecting people to be perfect toward us or to treat us like God would treat us. But the reality is the people in the church are not perfect. You know, you got a lot of broken people in the church trying to get things together. So uh, to put it lightly, some of it was a little bit confusing for me uh, because of the church that I uh, started out going to. It was more of a stricter church, more of a sanctified type of uh, church. Uh, You know, they had the women there wearing white and stuff like that. And you know, you, you had to wear your skirts to a certain length. You couldn't wear pants, you know. So I thought it was a little bit awkward, but I did like that they were serious about their relationship with God because I was also serious about my relationship with God. Okay. It sounds like you grew up in the same faith that I grew up in, Pentecostal. Yeah, I think it um, was considered non-denominational, but they also called it a deliverance ministry. Okay. Because um, I grew up in a Pentecostal church and that was pretty much the, um, the I, I say a lot of man-made rules because it really yeah. wasn't Bible-based. Right. Uh, the um, skirts all the way down to the ankle, pretty much a turtleneck, um, sleeves all the way down to the wrist. Um, yeah, I remember, yeah, then, no pants, then, no makeup. Yeah, and then yeah. if you look too attractive, you were considered Jezebel. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> no, yeah. You were considered after the women, the married women's husbands. You know, I remember I had a, a couple of uh, married women come up to me and, you know, I'm just a teenager. 
learning about God. That's the reason why I said I'm glad I had a relationship with God before I started going to church. Um, because if I didn't, that could have hurt me to the point where, you know, maybe I would have thought this church stuff or this God stuff was phony. You know, mm-hmm. I had a couple of uh, married ladies come to me. One lady was like, yeah, you know, we got husbands here. Like, um, okay. Like, I'm not asking, <laughs> did you see me trying to holler at your husband? Mm-hmm. And then, um, and then the same lady came to me. We had went to a prayer conference. We used to have a prayer conference in, in Green Lake, Wisconsin, um, and some of the ladies at the church, they used to like to give clothes to the new members. Mm-hmm. Uh, maybe they assumed that the women uh, would wear pants previously, so they wanted to make sure you had enough skirts. So, you know, I like clothes, so I was happy to get some new clothes. So I had wore one of the new suits that they had given me to this prayer conference that, that we had in uh, Green Lake, Wisconsin. And I didn't know that the dress was considered too short. You know, I got it from the lady at the church. Right, right. <laughs> And so the lady came up to me. She's like, oh, look at your skirt. It was the same lady that told me they got husbands here. And she came up to me again with that. Oh, we got husbands here. You know, that skirt is just too, too short, you know, and just accusing me of trying to be like a Jezebel and seduce the married men in the church. And so, you know, I was walking around there um, asking some of the other ladies, is my skirt too short? They say, no, it looks OK. It looks fine. I think I have some some stockings on underneath. Mm-hmm. Um but we we were assigned like a prayer hour to go down and pray at a certain hour. And I didn't go down at my prayer hour to pray because I was so disturbed. I was like, this is crazy. <laughs> <laughs> I remember I had on a skirt that was down to my ankle, but mm-hmm. it had a split that came up to my knee. And I remember this lady was like, you know, oh, Sister Lily. And I was like, what? <laughs> she was like that oh that split I'm like <laughs> I'm like what she's like oh, th- just people have been talking and I'm like oh I was like look I said here's the thing I said my split literally stops where your skirt begins I said so I don't see the problem here <laughs> that's a very good point I was like, I, I said, I don't even see what the issue is I said literally if I stand still you don't see absolutely anything Mm-hmm. I said, so I don't, I'm like, so what is the problem? She's like, it's just, you know, I'm like, oh my goodness. Cause I was at, I was in the praise team. I said, well, you know what? I just won't sing today. How, how about that? Mm-hmm. I'll just, I'll just sit down. <laughs> no, mm-hmm. no, that's okay. I was like, no, if it's a problem, I'll just, I'll just sit down. But yeah, those, those, those man-made issues. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But yeah. I, I see what you're saying. Yeah. If, if you it's don't the, have a person, and it was very, dis- and I was like, you, I was so discouraged. Mm-hmm. I was hurt. I was ready. I, I cried. I went to the women's bathroom and I cried and I called one of the older mothers in there with me. Mm-hmm. And she was like, there is nothing wrong. <laughs> with." You. And this is the older mother. She was like, there is nothing wrong with what you have on. She said, matter of fact, you always dress like this. So what, there's nothing wrong with what you have on. I was like, well, apparently there is. She was like, she she just, she said some other things, but she was like, there's nothing wrong with what you have on today or any other day. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but yeah. That's crazy. You know, I mean, some of them may have been insecure and projecting their insecurities on you. A lot of times that's what it is. People are just walking in human nature and they mm-hmm. haven't um, dealt with things themselves and they're just projecting it onto other people. Yeah. 
yeah usually you know the that is the the um the bottom line is they usually want to do what you're doing so they say you can't do it because they won't do it so mm-hmm. or can't do it over what either way that's neither here nor there back to mm-hmm. you <laughs> <laughs> now when you grew up as a teenager i want to ask you is was it hard for you to is that one of the one of the reasons that motivated you today to teach young women about abstinence of waiting till you got married because of a not to refrain from sex was that one of the reasons because growing up knowing your walk in the faith is that the, you know that's the way you should do it is that one of the reasons why you did it well i did it uh because of my intimate relationship with god you know how the bible talks about um those who love me will keep my commandments so you know i began to grow in my relationship with god i got saved at the age of 12 uh, started taking my relationship with God more seriously at a, at around 14 years old. And, uh, you know, since we were listening to preachers on TV and on the radio, um, I heard the teachings about waiting until marriage to have sex. So, of course, I wanted to look it up to make sure that's what the Bible said. And that's not just what preachers and pastors were teaching. So when I looked it up in the Bible, sure enough, that's what it said. You know, so the more I began to seek the Lord uh, the more my desires began to change from uh, wanting to do what I wanted to do, which was just to walk after the flesh. And then uh, it wanted to change to what God wanted to do. And I started to develop uh, the characteristics of obedience within me. And then as I grew older, I understood how actually obeying God's commandments protects us. You know, I don't remember which scripture it is, um, but it talks about how the word of God, um, it, it's uh, it's good for so many different things, how it rejoices the heart and, you know, how it's a protection for us and all types of things, you know, because there are people out here who don't mean us well necessarily all the time, who may use a woman's body for sexual release, um, but they're not looking at that woman as a whole person to protect her, to see her as valuable, uh, to to be responsible for her uh, if she gets pregnant or, or whatever the case may be, you know, and we're worthy of that as women. So I think as I began to grow older, I began to see how my obedience to God actually protected me uh, from situations that I could have gone through that would have been detrimental. And I just wanted other women to experience that same peace. And not just women, I want our men to experience that too, because men have something to lose as well uh, when they decide to uh, start practicing sex outside of marriage. You know, the Bible talks about in Proverbs 31 for men, it says there's a mother speaking to her son. His name is Lemuel and he's a king. And she tells her son, you're a king, son. I don't want you to do what all the other young men are doing out here. I don't want you to give your strength to women and your strength to that which destroys kings. In other words, she was telling him uh, a man's strength is his vigor, is the work that he puts in, his vision, um, you know, uh, his his wealth, his livelihood. Normally, if a guy gets out here and he starts, you know, having sex with all with all of these different women, if he has a child, now he has to pay child support. So mm-hmm. now he has an automatic um, 
uh, amount of cash going out of his household into someone else's household if he doesn't decide to marry that woman. She may not be of, of character, the woman that he slept with, of the type of woman that he would marry. And I've actually, um, I've had a friend who who's a man of God, but, you know, he has some issues sexually. So he was homeless at one point because he has so many kids to support that he could not pay his rent. You know, so that's an example of a man giving his strength to women. And then the second part, don't give your yourself to that which destroys kings. She was speaking about getting drunk with alcohol. We know uh, that we can have alcohol, but we're not supposed to get drunk. Uh, the right. Bible says. So right. she was sharing that in Proverbs 31 with with um, with Lemio. And she was telling him, allow men who don't have hope to partake in those things, to to get drunk and all those different things. In other words, she was setting a vision for his life, letting him know there you may go through situations, depression and things of that nature, but you have hope because this is who you are. You're a king. And I think we need to instill that same value in our men as well as in our women uh, that we're queens and that we're kings, you know, by God. And God has the best for us. And we can actually experience that for ourselves. I know God has the best for me. And I want to see myself experience that as well as everyone else connected to me. What do you say to men and women who think, oh, that's just old time and thinking and, you know, that's really just old school and that really doesn't apply today? What do you say to people who talk like that or think that way? I would say look at the fruit. You know, when we uh, look at the fruit, you know, a fruit is, is a product of a seed that was sown and it produces something, you know, it produces a tree full of oranges, apples, etc., I think a very good example of this is one of my favorite television shows that I love to watch, uh, Married at First Sight. It's a very educational show uh, about relationships. And uh, that that show gives an example of uh, there, there was season nine, there was a woman named Iris and she was a virgin and she practiced abstinence even throughout the process of being married uh, to this gentleman um, his name was Keith because married at first sight, it's a stranger. You don't know them, uh, but you get married to them at the altar and you have like uh, four to eight weeks to get to know them and decide at the end of the eight weeks, whether you will stay married to them or get a divorce. Mm -hmm. uh, so she decided not to have sex because during the process, she didn't feel like he was really down for her or, or whatever. She didn't feel the safety and the security that would have allowed her to open up in that way. Mm -hmm. Well, fast forward to season 12, which is the season that we're on now. And there's a couple on there named Christopher and Paige. And Paige is just open, you know, so they got married at first sight. They just met. She had sex with him on the first night. Mind you, he said he wasn't really attracted to her um, the next morning. He told her he wasn't really attracted to her. So he's letting her know all along these, these red flags that he's really not into her. He's really not committed to the relationship. But because she has low self-esteem, she's continuing to give her body to him. And she's having sex with this man every night, trying wow. to win approval, trying to win his affection, trying to win his love. And finally, on the last episode, he tells her he wants a divorce. So those are two side-by-side um, -side examples of two women who made two different choices and had two different outcomes based on the choices that they made. So 
and we can't always determine what the outcome is going to be based on our choice. Mm-hmm. But in most cases, I think that we can. And if we apply wisdom and if we apply boundaries and if we apply discernment before we open up sexually uh, to a gentleman, um, then we can more than likely prevent ourselves from being taken advantage of in the same way that Paige allowed herself to be taken advantage of. So look at the fruit. That made me uh, think about a blog that you've written. It's a recent one. Um, You asked, why do you think women fall into the trap of thinking a man is the one just because he says he's in church? I'm paraphrasing. You fall for that trap that just got because a guy said, you know, he's in church and he follows God, da, 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 da. You know, what do you think about that? What is your thoughts on that? I think that's a low standard. If uh, a woman is gung-ho and ready to go full in with a guy just because he says that he's in church, but she has not allowed time to examine that man's walk and to examine the fruit of that man's life, his consistent actions over time, how he treats people, how he treats her, you know, they're out on a date, how does he treat the the wait staff, all types of different things. Um, There is a um, a woman, her name is Deborah Fielta. Uh, she has a really good book called True Love Waits. And she talks about in that book, she talks about red flags, yellow flags, and green flags. So the red flags are the non-negotiables um, that we should be, you know, running away from. Like if it's not a man of God, if he's not exhibiting godly character, if he's abusive, if he gets angry really quickly and easily, you know, he lacks self-control, we should be running away from those things. We've seen all of those things um, in Married at First Sight with with uh, Christopher um, in the paid situation. So those are red flags. And then yellow mm-hmm. flags are, you know, things that you need to be cautious about. You know, you may need to read more into and find out uh, what this is about. And then the green flags are move forward. So we need to be looking at and gathering information when we're dating someone instead of just going full all in because we're valuable. And because we're valuable, we have to protect what's valuable. Uh, the natural things on this earth, you know, they, they're examples of uh, spiritual things. So like when you go to a bank, there's a security guard because there's money there, it's valuable. You know, when you go to a jewelry store, they have cameras there, they wanna make sure you're not stealing because they have something that's valuable. Well, we're, we're much more valuable than money. We're much more valuable than jewelry as women. And we have to treat ourselves that way. As the the kingdom as a whole, we have such a hard time teaching women openly about relationship versus just saying just the ABC or the one, two, three. We don't never go into the in-between of it all. I think there's a couple of different reasons. One of the biggest reasons I feel, though, is because of a lot of the religion that has been taught in the church. Uh, And a lot of people feel like if they teach something uh, slightly different than what's already been taught, then they're an error or they're wrong. You know, Mm -hmm. for example, some of the error that has been taught in the church is an overemphasis on marriage. Not to say that marriage is bad because marriage is good. The Bible says that marriage is honorable. Um, and we're to, to earn a marriage, but mm-hmm. you should not pressure someone to the point where they don't feel like they have value if they're not married. 
So in other words, if a woman is not married, she's doing something wrong, you know, and and, in, in many cases and in many circles, a lot of women who are in the church feel as though they don't have any value if they're not in a relationship, in a marriage relationship. And so a lot of women will put up with certain things just to be married. And that's not God's will for us. Neither is that God's best for us. You know, God has his best for us. And when we think about in the beginning, when God first created Eve and gave her to Adam, um, Eve was, uh, Adam was asleep. He was minding his business, but Eve was hanging out with the Lord. She was Mm -hmm. at peace. Mm -hmm. She was chilling with the Lord. And then the Lord presented her to Adam, Mm -hmm. you know, so I don't believe that we should be all over the place in our emotions, trying to figure out how are we going to get out of this state of singleness so that we can go to the next stage of marriage. I think we should really enjoy where we're at now. Just like the Bible talks about um, the single person, they're able to uh, seek the Lord without distraction. That is an enjoyment to be able to walk with the Lord without distraction. You know, um, I I can get up in the morning and I can sing to the Lord or I can sing to the Lord throughout the house without being distracted, you know, and just enjoy the presence of the Lord or the Lord may give me something to write down and and I'm writing it down and I'm just getting revelation from God. And I enjoy all of those things, you know, developing new relationships with other people because all of our relationships are not going to be romantic and may. We may have business relationships, sister-brother relationships. Um, so life doesn't start when we get married, and it doesn't stop while we're single. Mm-hmm. And I think if we place uh, value on our singleness uh, just as much as we pl- place value on our des- desire for marriage, I think um, people will be more open, you know, and I think women need to be taught discernment uh, more so then taught the ideal that we should just be marrying. I mean, even Absolutely. the Bible says that a beautiful woman needs to have discernment. And it does that by, by uh, comparing um, a beautiful woman to a pig with an expensive jewel in its nostril, saying it doesn't mean anything uh, for a pig to have an expensive jewel in its nostril if it doesn't have discernment. And that's the same thing that it says about a woman. If a woman is beautiful, but she lacks discernment, it doesn't really mean anything because that's like an empty headed woman. It's it's almost like she doesn't, you know, she doesn't have anything going on for herself other than the fact that she's beautiful and guys Mm -hmm. can just run through her, you know, if she, if she lacks discernment. And if you got guys running through you, you're going to be all over the place emotionally. You have to protect yourself. And women need to value themselves in every aspect of their lives while they're single, when they're dating, when they're married. It's all important, not just marriage. Absolutely. Yes. I was just sitting there thinking that I was like, if the church and that women embrace their singleness mm-hmm. and embrace their dating, oh, what a beautiful day that would be. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I was just sitting there thinking, and you already said that. You, at the very end. So thank you for that. <laughs> I think, I think, that. I think the church may be afraid that if, if they don't just put it in people's face, marriage, 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 you need to get married right away. They're just going to have more fornication, but yeah. it's a lot of fornication going on in the house of the Lord. Anyway, it might yeah. even be more fornication going on in the house of the Lord because of the lack of value in a lot of these sisters, 
you know, where they don't feel like they're worthy enough. And, and the main thing that most people know about relationships who go to church is Proverbs 18 and 22, which is completely taken out of context and taught out of context in the church. Mm-hmm. Uh, he that finds a wife, finds a good thing and obtains favor from the Lord. So it's telling uh, that that scripture is is um, is specific to men telling them, hey, man, I have a promise for you. If you find a wife and you value her as a wife, guess what? I'm going to give you favor. That's that's all that scripture means, mm-hmm. you know, but it's been taught to women to say, oh, women, you know, you shouldn't express yourself and show interest in a man or, you know, uh, just sit around and wait. To don't be in a man's you. face. They yeah. use this, this specific phrase. Don't don't be in a man's face. You know, it's because the Bible says he that finds, you know, and it's like putting women in bondage where women are so afraid to express themselves and that's the reason why you have a lot of women, single women walking around a church looking at me, you know, mm-hmm. uh, when a guy comes around that they like because they, they think that's going to attract the man of God because, <laughs> because that's trying to look they- saved and you look mad. What is wrong with right. your face? I'm, right. <laughs> super, be super saved and by being mean, you know, mm-hmm. and make a man of God interested in us because he going to know we serious about the Lord. The devil is a liar. What happens? What happened to walking in the joy of the Lord, you know, and when you, when a person walks in joy, you know, it's like a fragrance, you know, mm-hmm. it, it brings people in, you know, and I believe that's what we need to get back to. And that comes from knowing our value in Christ, knowing that we've been accepted in the beloved because Christ says in Ephesians chapter one, that we've been accepted in the beloved. That means whether a man is quote unquote, finding me or not, honey, I'm still valuable. I still am confident. And that's what I mean by helping women to walk in confidence and wholeness in Christ, because our confidence is not built on things that that can be shaken. It's not built on the fact that we got a big behind. It's not built on the fact that I got weave in my hair. You know, it's not Mm -hmm. that that I know how to, you know, uh, make my my face look look nice. Now, thank God for all those things. You know, I wear weave. I I look nice. I dress nice and all those things. You know, but I do those things because I know that I'm worth it on the inside because Christ Jesus says that I'm worth it. And that's what I walk in. And that's what I meditate on on day and night. You know, the Bible talks about if we meditate on the word of God day and night, we will make our way prosperous and we'll have good success in every area of our lives. Yes, you do that for you, mm-hmm. not, to, not to catch somebody. Absolutely. But- I recall a woman who laid herself at somebody's feet. Oh yeah, Sister Ruth. So I'm pretty <laughs> sure that I'm I I don't so that is flirting beyond flirting. If if mm-hmm. I'm just I'm just saying. I don't think there's anything wrong with uh flirting. Absolutely uh, not. As long as you have the maturity level um where you're ready to date. Because I don't believe that everyone is ready to date. And to go on to that next stage in marriage, because some people are still struggling in their identity. And right. if you don't know who to call yourself, someone else is going to name you. Right. You know, you're going to be reacting based on what someone else is calling you instead of what God is calling you. Right. So I do believe that it is wise to refrain uh, from dating and flirting until you get more secure in your identity in Christ and uh, in your vision for your life, where you're going and your purpose. That way, when you're settled in those things, now you have the um, the discernment and the wherewithal 
to decide whether someone will fit into what God is already doing in your life or not. Yes. If a man or a woman is trying to change you, not for the better, and it feels uncomfortable, then you need to walk away. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And and there's a, and there and I say uncomfortable. There is an uncomfortable of bad uncomfortable, and there's a good uncomfortable. Because sometimes there's a positive uncomfortable too. Yes. But but yeah. an uncomfortable of that doesn't even feel like me. You're mm-hmm. trying to you're trying to make me something I'm not. I'm not. Mm-hmm. So so you need to, you not not only walk away, run. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. So um. I want to talk about your uh, online classes that you have. Okay. So, yeah, I have three classes. Um, so the, one of the first ones I'll mention is the Healing and Refreshing for God's Single Daughters. Uh, that class helps women to answer the question, am I worth it? And it's encouraging for single women who have been doing the right thing for a long time, but they've experienced loss. Maybe they have been waiting and honoring God and walking in their identity in Christ, uh, but they still haven't gotten to that place yet of, of meeting a godly spouse. Well, I compare um, the lifestyle of a single Christian woman to Esther in the Bible, who was a queen. Uh, she experienced loss as well. We know that she was a um, orphan. She had lost both of her parents, but the Lord still provided. So her cousin um, became like a father to her, and he began to prepare her for what she didn't see yet and what she didn't know was a, was going to be a part of her future. And sometimes God has us in a preparation process for what we don't yet see. And sometimes we become discouraged because of what we don't see. And we may question ourselves, question our value, our worth. Am I worth, you know, being in a godly relationship? You know, am I worth being pursued? All of those different things. Am I beautiful enough? The Bible talks about how, um, Esther's beauty was ordained by God. She was a very beautiful woman, you know, and and God gave her favor and she pleased the king, you know, and I talk about in there how our beauty is also ordained by God. Um, So, yeah, it's it's really a good class. Uh, It's available at my website, russellandwilliams.com or at my blog website, intercession, the number four, a generation dot org. So check that out. So that's one of my classes. Another is. Um, it talks about our identity, walking in our identity and, um, our purpose. It's called a deeper depth in identity and purpose. And it's for those who are trying to still discover who they are. Maybe you're still in process and you're going through uh, what we call trials and tribulations. It's uncomfortable. Uh, you're experiencing suffering and, um, you know, you may feel like thrown in the back, thrown in the towel, you know, but Jesus even went through a process of suffering. The Bible talks about how Jesus learned obedience through the things that he suffered. So it's just preparation a lot of times uh, for our purpose to be revealed. So I go into that. Um, it's a really good, interesting class as well. Finally, for those who would like to become authors and learn how to publish and market their books, I have a class on my website for that as well. Okay. And the reason you have that is because you yourself are an author. Absolutely. So I have three books. 
the single Christian woman's guide, wisdom in getting to our God-ordained man of promise. I encourage single uh, women to stay in position to receive a godly spouse. If that's something that you desire, you need to stay in position. You need to not allow yourself to be discouraged by what you uh, don't see or by what you see. Um, I talk about your identity in there. Um, setting uh, boundaries for yourself, all types of things. Uh, the second book is the wholeness action plan because you have to come to a place of stability, wholeness, self-acceptance, all of those things. So I talk about that in the wholeness action plan and, and some things that you can do in your routine uh, to continue the process of, of wholeness because it's God's will that we would prosper and be in health, which is another word for wholeness, um, even as our soul prospers. So that's our mind, our will, and emotion. So God wants us to be emotionally secure. He wants us to be emotionally whole and 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 socially. And all of the areas um, that make us a, a human being, God wants us to walk in wholeness. And then the third book, once you've walked in wholeness and you're maintaining uh, your maturity as a woman of God, as a single woman of God, uh, now you're ready to date. So this book helps you to practice discernment, and it's called Patterns of the Heart. How discernment and choosing a potential spouse. So I have questions in that book that we can ask while we're dating uh, and while we're looking at a gentleman's character to decide if he is appropriate for us or not. So would you suggest someone to buy those books in that order? Yeah, why not buy all three of them? And they can read them in that order, you know, because I do believe that we do need to go through a process, process of healing and knowing who we are before we get into dating. A lot of people just want to jump into dating because, you know, they see their friends or maybe you have parents who have a good relationship or on the movies, or maybe you're looking to a relationship to heal you because maybe your parents divorced or maybe you experience abuse in your home. Well, you still need to walk in some uh, level of wholeness so that you'll be able to fully enjoy that and, and show up as your best self. Uh, to that marriage relationship, hopefully one day. Now, what is something that you would love to do? Hmm. Well, I love to write, as you probably already know, because mm -hmm. I'm an author. Um, so I, I would like to write a screenplay, and I've already started um, doing that, but I haven't been writing as consistently um, but I, at least I did get started. So I would like to write a, a screenplay um, and I would like to work uh, in film one day. You know, my yes. degree is in uh, radio and television communications. It's actually uh, communications, media, arts and theater. That's what my uh, degree is in. So, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. OK, now when you say are you talking like. Um, main screen like movies, Mo I know that, but you're talking like. Theater wise, are you talking about Netflix series or are you talking like what type? Um, a motion picture, a full length. Oh, okay. okay. Yeah. Okay. Because you because you know seem like on you know Netflix is like the thing now. People are doing series, so I don't know if you were talk, thinking like a motion picture or you're thinking mo movie series. Oh yeah, motion picture. Okay. Okay, I can see that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> okay. Now, what would the rating be? Oh, it would probably be rated R <laughs> <laughs> because it's, it's a real movie, you know, that I'm writing, right. you know, and God deals with real issues, real things. I think the Bible would be rated R if the right. Bible was 
movie. It's all type of stuff in the Bible. I mean, the Passion <laughs> of Christ was rated R. So. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and, you know, you know, and that, that which is funny because, you know, church folks, you know, they they cringe at a lot of things, but it's like, it's it's real life, folks. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but that's the glory of God, you know, yes. as it gets into uncomfortable situations, mm-hmm. you know, and, and he's able to make dead things live, you know, mm-hmm. things that look, um, you know, imperfect and all messed up and dirty. You know, he gets right there in the middle of it, you know, yes. to bring himself glory. And that's why we love him so much. You know, we love him because he first loved us. The Bible says while we were yet sinners, Christ died for the ungodly, you know, so anything, any, um, uh, medium that we can use to share the gospel, whether it's a film, whether it's a book, um, whatever it is, you know, I, I feel like we should go for it and not hold back, you know, being afraid that, Oh, you know, church people may think this may be too much. Well, you know, we, I wouldn't I wouldn't be saved if what I'm writing about did not happen, you know. So I'm so thankful, you know, when I just think about my family tree and how the Lord preserved my dad and my mom and, you know, um, my dad, he didn't grow up uh, perfect. He's from the west side of Chicago. You know, he did some things that weren't right when he was coming up as a young man. Mm-hmm. You know, I think he had did like a robbery or something like that before and you know, he used to steal and stuff like that. His father died when he was still kind of young. Um, but the Lord still provided male figures um, to cover my dad. You know, there was this gentleman um, who was an older white man. He, My dad used to meet him and play chess with him. My dad liked playing chess. So he was almost like a father figure as well. So just those simple stories of how God makes up for what we lack, you know, and how God is so careful to care for us. And to to show himself to us and to show his love to us, even in the little things, I think those things are beautiful and all those stories need to be told. Absolutely. Absolutely. Uh, So what's next for you? Um, Well, we talked about the self-care. Yeah. So, you know, just focusing on taking care of myself. Uh, trying to get more exposure uh, with my books. So I'll be doing more advertising on this year, more networking like I'm doing now with the podcast, meeting new people. So I'm just looking forward to that. To that. Okay. Any new projects coming up? Um, no, not at this time. I got some new blogs um, coming out. Um, but other than that, no, I don't have anything that's um, getting ready to be released right now. I did re-release the Single Christian Woman's Guide, however, with an additional chapter um, this year. One of my mentors, uh, Lakita Garth, uh, she's a national abstinence educator. She also owns a blog. Um, I think it's called Urban. I don't know if it's Urban. It's Urban something. I, I should have looked, um, looked it up. But um Anyway, she has a chapter where I interview her in my uh, latest version of the Single Christian Woman's Guide, um, where she shares nuggets. She shares her five phases of a relationship mm-hmm. and kind of how you'll know um, when you've met that person that you want to marry. And she shares that in the latest um, uh, edition, the second edition of the Single Christian Woman's Guide. Okay, amen. Now, how can people find you? Uh, they can visit my website, rustlingwilliams.com. You can also follow me on Instagram at rustlingwilliams and follow the blog at intercession for ag Amen. 
All right, I have one last question for you. Are you ready? Yes. Okay, I ask this question of all my guests. Here you go. Now, if you have any song, be your theme song, when you walked into a room, what would it be and why? Hmm. Dang, that's a good question, girl. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, The first song that comes to my mind for some reason is The Best Is Yet To Come. So I I think I'm a person of expectation and I've, I've never allowed um, anything to get me in a place where I've completely lost my expectation. I think we go through various things in life and sometimes, you know, our expectation can be, um, our expectation might can be kind of dimmed a little bit, but it always comes back, you know, and I'm, I'm just a person of expectation. You know, I I love to look at the goodness of God. I expect the goodness of God. I appreciate it in the little things that I see all around me, you know. So, yeah, the best is yet to come. Amen. Good choice. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you. Thank you. And I cannot thank you enough for squeezing me in. (laughs) Girl, thank you for letting me get in there. you wrestling for being on my show i cannot thank you enough i really appreciate all the things that you're doing and how you are standing firm and strong in your faith and in your belief and what you're doing for god's work and if you would like to be on worldly church girl click the link below shoot me an email and let's see what we can do with that thing and if you haven't heard worldly church girl has gone live that's right Worldly Church Girl is live. You can catch me on Facebook, YouTube, and Twitch. Oh, and if you haven't subscribed, hit that subscription button so you will never miss another episode. And as always, thanks for joining your one and only Worldly Church Girl. <laughs>